This is Carter Lowen. You're listening to Fires on the Farm Podcast. in the front podcast i'm donovan and with me is roy donovan i'm an emotional roller coaster i can't give me no that is that song. i can't give me no when i try and i try 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 it seems Keep like trying even, well the expectations have been like it's just bewildering you know i saw a um, miserable sd fan yesterday at the at the tryouts uh at the rec league baseball tryouts at the company picnic and he we were just like well, like what What's going on? We have no idea. Like the guy at work, I'm like, he brother could have not have done any better if maybe he went out and got two bullpen guys and just emptied out the farm, went full on Dave Dombrowski and just dumped the farm to stock the team. But I mean, you go get those three bats and they go silent. Sure, Soto is walking and that is fantastic. But when he, you know, and he hasn't really hit that much. The walking's great. I'd rather have a walk and get on base and, you know, we'll we'll take our chances. But, you know, the, the neither one of those guys are hitting for average. Drury is doing really well. Um, but, you know, that centerpiece there in Juan Soto is, isn't hitting, and it seems like the rest of the team isn't hitting as well. Uh, I'm not going to cast any shade on Juan Soto. It's, it's yeah. not shade. It's simply his, that's the that, that's what's going on, you know. The whole his job is, is to hitting. get on base, and he's – I mean, it, it's only been three weeks. So with him – the the approach has been consistent. He's getting yeah. drawing a ton of walks. Um, he's hit some balls hard, so that stuff levels out over time. He's the dude that we thought we were going to get, if not right. more. Right. right Josh right. Bell's the one that that has struggled and struggled and struggled. Finally, showing some signs to, of getting out. Drury kind of seems like the same guy. I mean, he's it, you look at what he was doing in Cincinnati. He wasn't getting on base a ton. He wasn't hitting for average. It was just the power all of a sudden spiked. Yeah. And he's doing the same thing he was doing before. It's just the rest of the lineup is flat too. Yeah. And then on top of that, the the superstar closer, best closer in baseball, hasn't been able to close the deal. So coffee is for closers. He's not getting any coffee right now. No coffee for closers. And let me say that again. That's not shade on Soto. Um, it, it's not because the rest of the lineup isn't producing at all. And they're just the bats went silent. And mm-hmm. you would think after those three guys are added, sure, give them a couple of weeks and it's three weeks. You give them some time to, to adjust, but the rest of the team should be like, that should be the boost that maybe Tatis would have brought to the team. Had he probably been there by now. Right. But I got to wonder if there's some kind of dark cloud still hanging over the team until whatever needs to get addressed, you know, because what he flew home, and then I don't know. And then Prowler was finally going to talk to him last weekend and Seidler was going to talk to him and then he's going to talk to the team. And we don't know if any of that's happened. Uh, yeah, Profar had some quotes. It sounds like he's been in contact with the guy, but I kind of feel like you need to get the guy in the room, let everybody look him in the eye, say whatever they need to say, get it right. off their chest, ask whatever questions they need to ask, and then let that whole dust cloud die down before everybody can finally get back to work. I feel like that's kind of what's I mean, profiles all of a sudden gone cold. And I feel like he's holding on. If it was one of my best friends that is going through all of the right. stuff that Tatis is going through, right. I know that messed me up for a little while. And you feel you have to kind of step up a little bit. And when you're trying to, you know, when you're trying too hard, it's the try hard podcast and, 
Yeah. You don't, you don't work. It doesn't work when you try hard. Yeah. You know, but we're still, we're seeing, we're seeing signs of hope. I mean, they're getting a yeah. ton of guys on base. Yeah. The, the problem isn't that nobody's getting on base is that they're, they just aren't getting the timely hits to get them in. And yeah. maybe it's just law of averages that this stuff's going to come around. And and if you know, what would be awful is if they were hot, hot, hot right now. And then a month from now, then the air came out. Yeah, right. so if anything, I mean they're they're treading water right now. They're in the second place in the wild card. They're doing okay. And so if they're just waiting for next month when they hit that buzzsaw of a of a lineup of opponents to right. get hot and all of a sudden get on a tear, that's the time to do it. I don't know. I'm trying to be the optimistic person. Right. And and I and I agree with 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 that. You know, it's not too bad right now, but just it seems like those expectations were set so high that when they're not met. And you see these guys looking at strike three right down the middle, or you know they're taking that second strike right down the middle and then swinging at the curveball in the dirt, or the changeup in the dirt, or something high out of the zone. It's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but that's just our expectations as fans. And um, overall, dude, <laughs> it's just wonderful seeing all these guys come up and hit. And yeah. um, you know, I, I really think I, I really kind of feel, and I'll say this kind of without about the back of my tail. Um, where we go is the way of the Josh. Uh, of, if, if Josh is hitting well, I think the rest of the team kind of comes along. And you think Josh Bell is going to be the uh, the spark? You know, right. You know Manny's going to be the guy. You know Soto's going to get on. But there's a, that there's that third bat there that needs to hit for power, needs to hit for average. Uh, he's not going to walk too much. But, you know, and it often happens where you get a couple guys on base, you get two outs. And then there's a strikeout or pop up, you know. Then there's the third out, and that's, you know, that's kind of falling on Hassan Kim. It's kind of falling on everyone, but still, it's just uh, timely hitting, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I keep waiting for for Cronenworth and Gr- I mean, Grisham started to show some pop. He's hitting some home runs. Um, you know, he's doing his part of it. Cronenworth, like I'm, I'm just dying for him to turn right. back into the guy that hits 270, gets on base at like what 340, 350, yeah. has enough power. I, I, he, if he could get going, then it would solve so many things. Maybe we should have Dave Pallet come on the podcast and tell us what we should do. Oh yeah, as right. Fans and as a team. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'll let him stay over on on his show. Thank you very well, much. There, there is a ton of to talk. There's a ton of of good news coming out of the minor leagues this week. Uh, some of the new guys that have come up into affiliates um, are starting to show some serious, serious power um, and some serious. There's a little bit of movement as well. So let's get started with that. Yeah, we're some. We, everybody's saying, "Oh, he emptied out the 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 farm system. He desecrated uh, desecrated it or or decimated Say it." it. Say it. <laughs> he, but no, there's a lot of really good players still around the, here. The cream will rise. The cream will rise to the That's top. <laughs> okay, so the okay, so so I tweeted that at the Chihuahuas today, and I was hoping you would get that because. Ah. The Chihuahuas are what? They're two and a half games back of the Oklahoma City Dodgers. And now they're going to play Oklahoma City for six straight games. That's one cool thing about this. I'm I'm not, I don't know that I love playing the same team six days in a row. Right. But when it's something like this, I mean, two and a half games back, six games against them, you can flip that upside down and, right. and put them in the dust. Right. So well, let I, the cream rise to the top. I, I do kind of like that because you, it forces you as a player, as a batter, as a pitcher, 
like this guy's seen you 18 times or you know four or five games in a row you need to make adjustments they need to make adjustments it like it kind of pushes the development i feel maybe that's not how it goes but i feel that like the more you see someone the more they know you and the more that you have to change the plan and and switch things up which just forces you to get better right so which team adjusts better throughout the homestand i yeah right i can see that but All right. Well, leading yeah. it off, leading off our news here, um, the week before uh, the week of August 8th through 14th, Josh Mears made team of the week after spending a good chunk of the summer in in Arizona uh, working at the complex, came back up and he's just been mashing in Fort Wayne. He hit 438, 471 with a 1.188. <laughs> That's his slugging. That's not his OPS. That's his slugging. <laughs> In five games, he went seven for 16. He had three home runs, three doubles, four RBIs, five runs, one base on ball, and 7K. Once again, the Ks are always going to be there. But, you know, when he's hitting the ball, he's hitting it with authority. And he's hitting, that's what he's, that's what we want him to do. Absolutely. And he's playing some center field, too, which uh, he wasn't playing a whole lot of center field, uh, you know, before. Now the opportunities have opened up. Robert Hassel's gone. James Wood's gone. So there's opportunities for guys to play that weren't getting a chance to play earlier. Absolutely. Um, so one of my new favorite guys this year, Griffin Dershing, I, his name stuck out to me with, at first off with the draft. But then you look him up and as we spoke about before, he's he's the 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 next generation of Brian Bosworth with the the ice blonde mullet and six foot four freaking Norse god looking guy. He looks like Thor. So <laughs> I like talk today on Twitter. On today on Twitter, someone wrote if if Matt Latos and uh, and Luke Voigt had a love child. <laughs> yeah, just, he's a big boy. He is, um, and that's not chubby. That's not like Volgaback chubby. That kid's got some muscle on him. Oh yeah, yeah, he's cut. Uh, so last week, Griffin Dershing was Cali League Player of the Week. Again, another ridiculous stat line. He batted 435, 517 with a 1.217 slug. That adds up to a 1.734 OPS. That's like a good week for Barry Bonds in 2004. Yeah. Uh, 10 hits, six of them were home runs, uh, and 10 RBIs. Hitting six home runs in one week. That's crazy. So we'll have it on the uh, on the agenda a little bit later on. He had two home runs on Saturday and then had two home runs on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> okay. He, so he's a little older. That, that just let, let's let's bring it back to earth. He is playing his first absolutely the rest of his college season. And this is his first season in pro ball. He's a little bit older for the league, but still doing that in a ball, you know, and he's played a full season of college ball. Um, good for him. Oh, hey, August 12th was his, was his birthday. Happy uh, 24th birthday, Griffin Dershing. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've seen him in person. Yeah. Um, you know, people want to talk about Vogelbach because first base DH, big guy. Uh, but you've seen him move a little yeah. bit. And it, it, do you think that's a fair comparison at this point? No, no. Um, Vogelbach is a major league player, and he is a big boy. Yeah, that's. I mean, he's got some girth to him. Um, and Vogelbach, I think actually w- runs pretty good for, for his size. Oh my God. I love when they show that and they, <laughs> they do the slow motion and it's like, da, 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 da. It's just every answer. <laughs> I love it. Dude. Anyways, I love it. When a big guy gets under speed, gets underway. It's, it's a sight to behold. You know, I, I like him better than, uh, than, a, than a Brad Zunica. Um, he does he does work pretty well over there at first base. I, I caught a full game. I caught several games on MILB TV. 
Um, you know, there's going to be lots of development there. He'll learn better footwork. He'll learn everything as he gets more reps and pro ball and gets in some pro training. Uh, he can definitely improve. I don't know if, if losing weight, I don't know if he needs to lose weight. Um, I, I don't think as, as he gets older and at 24, he's kind of peaked at where he's going to, you know, kind of mature into the body. So that could be the body that we get. And, you know, when it comes to pro training and off season regimens that change, once you become a pro ball player, um, you know, that could be good or bad, depending on if he wants to go more muscle or if, you know, he wants to just kind of keep the same kind of weight and, 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 and go that route. But we'll see. He's on his way, dude. And he's hitting tanks. Yeah. Hitting tanks at, at the well, pro he's level. Six, is- he's six foot four. They've let him listed at 251, which at six foot four with his frame, I mean, he looks like his shoulders barely fit through the door frame. So he's it's it's not like he's you know carrying a ton of extra right, weight right. it's it's muscle it's just yeah. he's a big corn-fed boy yeah, i'd like say said, boy he's 24 he's a freaking <laughs> man <laughs> uh and uh and if you don't know who um brian bosworth is look it up on google yeah look up griffin dershing look up brian bosworth and I'm, i swear they could be related also looking for a gift today uh, on Twitter. Uh, he looks like Brian Dennehy as well. A little bit of a uh, young Brian Dennehy. Okay, I can see that. If those of you that are a little bit older can look that guy, you're like, oh, yeah, that kind of looks like him. He but just passed move- away recently. We watched. We wound up watching uh, Cocoon a few weeks ago. Oh, my God. You, oh, <laughs> you're too young to be watching Cocoon. Come on, man. <laughs> Go for Brimley. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so in some kind of cool news that I saw on Twitter, um, Justin Farmer is headed to Fort Wayne. So he's a Cali with a plane to FT, and he's on his way. So he moved up to Fort Wayne. Yeah, on that note, I saw somebody mention, so Griffin Dershing, the Bad Friars tweeted something out about him. The question was asked, you know, is he going to earn a trip up to Fort Wayne? Right. And the resp- I don't think we realize how close we are to the end of the season in minor league baseball. There's only a couple of weeks left yeah. in the regular season for these teams. Uh, and then there's the postseason. Now, Fort Wayne, they're pretty much eliminated. I don't know where they are in the standings, but for all right. intents and purposes, they're not going to play a, a postseason series uh, where the Storm they have already clinched. They won the first half. And so they have one of the championship series spots. Uh, it's a three game championship. So congratulations to the storm for getting in. I know we Absolutely. congratulated them several weeks ago when they earned it, uh, but there's reason for these guys to stay in, in Lake Elsinore. In fact, you might even see some guys come back from Fort Wayne. You might see a couple of guys kind of backfill, you know, it always seems like that last week or so you see a little bit of movement, a couple of pitchers right. moving back and forth right. uh, because they're getting ready for that, that postseason that, that three game chase. Right. And it's not to like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to put a bunch of ringers in from high A down to low A there's needs there. There's, you know, you need guys that are maybe reaching pitching limits uh, early in their careers, having guys come back down that maybe have a little more time to spend, you know, throwing, um, with with uh, Luis um, Carlos Luis going up to Fort Wayne, Dershing is he's there. He's first baseman. That's it. That's all we have him as first baseman. So he will stay. And it's not because he's not. Also, I believe I I feel. Excuse me. Um, you know, it's his first season. He just got there what two weeks ago. He's played. He's played yeah. two weeks. Ago. He's played ten games. Yeah, you he's still trying I mean? to figure out his routine. What time do I get up? What do I have for breakfast? When do I need to get to the park? Exactly. Now let's get him to the rest of this, you know, through the rest of the season. Then we'll see what, what happens next year in Fort Wayne. And he might even start in, in uh, Lake Elsinore again next year, once again, with guys ahead of him. So they're going to keep guys down. If they have nowhere to put them, bring them up. They're not going to just bring them up and have them sit on the bench. So if, if someone like Carlos Luis moves up to double a, which I'm not sure he's having a great time up there in, in Fort Wayne, 
It all, de- it all de- depends on what the, you know, the organization wants. Right. I, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of upward movement between now and the end of the season. It's these are the guys and they're going to get ready in, 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 uh, in Lake Elsinore for a postseason series. They're going to get ready for one, hopefully in, uh, in El Paso and the other two teams, they're pretty much wrapping it up. They've got the end in sight. Okay, so take us to the MLB Pipeline Prospect Team of the Week. So the MLB Pipeline Prospect Player from the Padres organization is Samuel Zavala from Lake Elsinore. The Padres number five, um, number five prospect hit 400, 520, 900 in six games. He was eight for 20, two HRs, a triple, two doubles, eight RBIs, seven runs, five base on balls, and five Ks with one stolen base. Though San Diego dealt away a wealth of prospects in exchange for Juan Soto, the Padres farm system still boasts impressive talent. Zavala is a good example and is handling single-A ball at just 18 years old after beginning the season with the ACL Padres. Yeah, he's the youngest player in the California League, and it's by a good margin. Yeah, there Zavala batted 345, 412, and 621 in 10 games to earn the promotion to the California League, where he's hit 267, 389, and 517 through his first 17 contests. The Venezuelan tallied a homer, triple, four RBAs, and two walks on Tuesday that set the tone for his week, falling with two more multi-hit games through the end of a six-game series at Stockton. He finished with a three-for-five showing on Sunday, including a homer and two doubles to go along with three RBAs. A name very familiar to fans on the Team of the Week award, Mears makes his fifth appearance on the list over the past two seasons, three last year, and this is his second of this season. It was an extra effort to turn one year old who racked up. This is, this is Josh Mears now. Yeah. I don't know how that got mixed in. <laughs> I think it was a copy paste because we had the uh, outfielder was. Josh Mears, Fort Wayne, tin caps, high A, blah, 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 up, to, up, up top. <laughs> uh, so continuing on, thank you very much. It was an extra effort to turn one year old who racked up 19 total bases on six extra base hits and scored five times. After spending June and most of July with the Arizona Complex League Padres, Mears returned to the tin caps on July 26th and began to regain his form. He batted 269, 296, and 500 over the final six games of July, and then that has propelled into his breakout August. Over 11 games this month, the 2019 second-round draft selection has posted a 351, 385, 784 slash line with four home runs, four doubles, and eight RBIs, and seven runs scored. So I pulled up the transaction log for Samuel Zavala. He just got to Lake Elsinore on August 3rd. Uh, so he's really hit the ground running. And yeah. so for a, for a, an 18 year old, 19 year old, 19 year old, is he 19? No, he's still 18. Yeah. Um, he's barely 18. He turned 18 in July. Uh, so for him to be able to go from Arizona to Lake Elsinore, not miss a beat and just keep kicking butt for the next three weeks. It's, that's pretty impressive. I, that says something about, about whatever his routine is that he's been able to keep it consistent as he's gone from the complex to like Elsinore. Yeah, I also think we gave him he was uh he was a million dollar baby too. So we signed him at a, as a Dominican or sorry, as a international free agent. Right. Right, but as we've seen a lot of these guys that you give money to, it, you know, just talent and money right. doesn't do everything. Yeah, there's a lot of other variables involved. You see some guys sign for a lot of money and they wind up struggling to ever, you know, ever made it out of, make it out of short season ball. <sighs> Well, so somebody that signed for a lot of money and has been kicking tail is Jackson Merrill. Merrill so, Madness. So we've got a story here. Merrill homers and reaches base five times in single A from August 20th. 
The 19-year-old Merrill slugged a solo homer in the first inning of single-A Lake Elsinore's 16-8 win over Stockton, a flurry that saw all of the Storm's runs come in the first five five frames. Uh, now atop San Diego's prospect rankings in the wake of the franchise-altering Juan Soto deal at the trade deadline, last year's first-round draft selection, 27th overall, is in the midst of a 10-game hitting streak. Merrill walked and later scored in the third inning before picking up RBI singles in the fourth and fifth. He drew another walk in the ninth, giving him five times on base, which ties his career best and marks his first multi-walk outing of the year. While a left wrist injury impeded Merrill from getting a full season under his belt, he's been toured at the dish when cleared. Following his latest out uh, performance of at least three hits, he has seven such outings in 2022. His slash line sits at 357, 413, 522 in 39 games between Lake Elsinore and the Arizona Complex League. That was from Jesse Boric of MLB Pipeline. And, and Merrill's a good example of a guy that, you know, probably should move up. You know, I know they're going to go into the playoffs, but he missed that big chunk of time and he needs those reps. And those reps are going to come with some playoff, with some pressure, with some with some added um, meaning uh, coming up really soon. And it's going to be nice to see. All right. So let's, uh, let's take a break here. We'll be right back with the affiliate rundown. Hey, hey, hey. Starting off in the Arizona Complex League with strike one on Thursday in his first start since his four hit game earlier in the week. Fifth rounder Nathan Martarella had two more hits, including the first homer of his professional career. The former Cal Berkeley star is off to a 357-419-607 start in his first 10 games as a professional. Uh, so first base only kind of a guy. Him and Dershing were two of the kind of surprising picks. I'm curious to see where they wind up next summer. Uh, so not to be outdone, right fielder Tyler Robertson had two hits, including the first homer of his professional career. The former Louisiana Lafayette star was drafted by the Padres in the 14th round. Oh, and here's one of my favorite pieces yeah. of news of the whole week. Absolutely. Uh, Right-handers Jordan Guerrero and Carter Lewin each pitched scoreless frames in their second game back in competition. Both underwent Tommy John surgery last summer. Lowen struck out a pair and was rewarded with the win. Look for both to join full season clubs when the complex yeah. season finishes next week. And so that's where we're talking about. You may see some movement, like especially with some postseason stuff. Yeah. Guerrero has already been up to AAA, so yeah. there's a chance he might join the, the Chihuahuas. Lowen, I think he only saw time in, in Fort Wayne, and that was when they were still low A. So he may come out to Lake Elsinore. But two friends of the podcast, yep. two really good guys, really talented guys that have been on the shelf for a while. So welcome back to, to affiliated baseball for those guys. Absolutely. So finish that out real quick. Okay. Uh, Right-hander Ian Koenig made his professional debut and tossed a scoreless inning, notching a strikeout in the process. You know, and, and Carlton was, I think he was doing closing. I think he was closing for those guys. He was in, for a while. Fort Wayne and was really just was really starting to get going when the injury happened, it was such a bummer because every time he was going out, like blowing guys away and then bam. Yeah. And the same kind of thing with, uh, with, with Jordan, Jordan yeah. that he, he was touching triple digits. I think he was racking up some saves while he was in in uh, El Paso uh, early last year. And I, I was starting to look at the guy, like maybe he's going to crack the major league roster at some point if a need opens up and then he got, got hurt. And it's just, you know, there are two guys that you, you want to see all the good players make it, but you want yeah. to see the good people make it. And right. they seem like just good guys. Absolutely. And Jordan, I, I would think, has to be close to Rule 5 here pretty quick. 
Oh, I'm sure he probably was last year. And okay. the Padres, right. just everybody in baseball is going to have so many Rule 5 eligible guys since there was no draft last year. It's going to be a, a an interesting one to follow for sure. So I think they, they really gauge that and they kind of trust who's going to get picked up, who won't get picked up. I think they have a really good feel for that. <laughs> really good feel for that. Well, and now the 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 so you don't have all of these top shelf prospects uh, in in the system anymore. The the upper levels have been cleared out, so you don't need to protect a lot of guys. And so somebody like like Jordan, you know, I, you don't you don't necessarily look at him like a an elite prospect, but he's somebody that a team might look at and say, you know, we could he he could Back be useful for us. Yes, yeah, and the bullpen in yeah. Pittsburgh. And so if in that case, I don't know if the Padres would really lament the loss of somebody like that. And it would be a great thing for him to find a new opportunity where, you know, maybe the, the opportunities in San Diego might be limited because of you know, now that we're in compete now mode, right. you know, we're not in, Oh, I'll give the prospect a half season to figure it out you know, that those times yeah. are gone. Um, so yeah, I, I don't feel bad when when guys leave the organization quite like I used to. Yeah, it used right. to be like the ripping a little piece of my um, of my heart out, you know, watching Blake Hunt leave like, oh man, that was one of my favorite guys. Uh but you know, knowing that they're going on to a better place and while still the the team that I follow is right. so successful, it, it's there's there's kind of a silver lining to it. Yeah. Absolutely. And then at the end of the day, these guys are in a industry where they do move around a lot and some make it, some don't, and any opportunity that they get is another day playing professional baseball. Right. And with that strike two, Friday right-handed Chris uh, Chase Walter made a season debut after struggling with a right shoulder injury. The hard-throwing reliever had a rough outing walking the first three hitters before being pulled. Last year, the six foot seven Western Carolina alum was impressive between Lake Elsinore and Fort Wayne with 74 strikeouts and 39 innings. Nathan Ward, uh, Martin... Martorella continues on his hot start with a 387, 457, 613 slash line and his first 35 plate appearances. The left-hander from Cal, the left former Cal Bear, thank you, was a fifth-round selection with the by God dang it. Slow it down, kid. The the, the, the Marta Torella, his last name screwed me up. Um the left-handed former Cal Bear was a fifth-round selection by the Padres this year after his best power season in college. Yielded 27 extra base hits, 11 of which were home runs. Now, he's a different guy from Dershing. So, is Griffin it? Dershing is like straight up power, power hitter. Like, he's got the light tower power. He's got some decent strike zone, you know, but he's not going to be somebody that's going to hit for average, get on base a ton. He's got to, he's got to work that where Martorella sounds like he's a little bit more of a balanced hitter without having the light tower power. Right. So maybe he's a little bit more of like the Brad Zunica kind of a build where, you know, line drives, doubles, you know, getting on base a bunch. Um, yep. Who knows where these guys are going to wind up? But I kind of, you, know, you see first round, you know, first year drafted as first baseman. You kind of tend to lump them together in the same bucket and they've got different flavors. Okay, so let's take it up to Lake Elsinore uh, for strike one on Wednesday. Jackson Merrill hit his second home run for the storm. Just his second home run. It seems like it's been a long season, but he's been missing a lot. Yeah. Um, in his first 12 games of action after returning from wrist and hamstring injuries, Merrill had one extra base hit. 
in the seven games since then, he has four. It doesn't mean that he's completely back, but at least the power is starting to return. So it's a left wrist injury. And that's where, you know, as a, as a left-handed hitter, there's so much power that comes from that hand. Uh, Marcos Castagnon started the scoring with a solo home run in the second, his team best 18th of the year. The 23-year-old infielder has moved into Cal League top 10 for both on-base percentage and slugging and is a, in the midst of his second straight month with an OPS over 1,000. Last year, Castagnon hit just 137, 196, 333 in limited ACL action, a good reminder that stats in the desert can be especially deceiving. Yeah. Left-handed Ryan Auk uh, emerged as a name to watch after averaging nearly 12 strikeouts per nine innings pitched between the ACL and Lake Elsinore after signing as a seventh rounder last year. In six August innings, Auk has allowed two hits and struck out 11. He's also three for three in save opportunities this month. So I'm stoked for Marcus Castagnani. He's having an yeah. amazing year. I didn't even realize what a what a ho-hum year he had last year in the ACL. So no wonder he kind of seemed like he came out of nowhere this year. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, at 23, a little bit old for the age, but certainly showing that that age is, is making a difference with uh, with the power. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so moving on to strike two, Saturday, first baseman Griffin Dorshing connected on two more homers and a six foot four, 265 first baseman now has four in his first seven games with Lake <laughs> Storm. Yeah, he didn't and he was going to go hit. on and add two more. Right. I went to the game last weekend and he didn't get one hit. Like, God dang. And then boom, boom, boom. He's just hitting bombs left and right. Did he at least he, hit something hard while you were there? Or? Yeah, we well, hit it hard, but it's usually to someone. Uh, he's an eighth round selection of the Padres this year. He just turned 24. So he, he's a little old for the level, but it's fun to watch. Jackson Merrill, 19, missed much of the season with the wrist and hamstring injuries. But when he's been on the field, he's been very good. Another multi-hit night that included his third homer in 29 games and 142 play appearances with the Storm. He's at 339, 404, 480 at six foot three, 205 pounds. He's still growing into his body and power. So one thing that comes to mind. So we're talking about Dershing and Merrill, two very different players in very different ways. Um, but so Jackson Merrill, he's a top prospect. He was a very high draftee. He signed for a big bonus. His he's going to go where his performance drives. They're going to push him aggressively. He's not going to take a step backwards. Um, and the way that he's playing, it doesn't look like he's going to take a step backwards, but that'll come to see Griffin Dershing. He was signed to the, he was drafted in the eighth round, but guys that are drafted in the eighth, ninth, 10th round, they're usually drafted because teams know they're interested in them, but they also know that they're not going to take a lot of money to sign them. Right. And so these guys are signing for five, 10, $20,000. Uh, and as a result, they wind up getting kind of sent wherever the team has a need. Right. And they get playing opportunities wherever there's kind of a, a, a void left by the other top prospects. So somebody might've asked, well, why is a 24 year old, being sent to to high A, why isn't he going straight to double A? Why is he this that? And it could just be that they needed somebody to play first base in like right. Elsinore, right? And and we could see next year somebody like him could bounce around from like Tyler Malone, yeah, great guy. He's bounced around the system a lot, triple A, double A, and and within a year, yeah. And he's been playing all kinds of different positions. He picked up picked up catching just because. He's going to do whatever the team, you know, whatever he could do to stay on a roster somewhere. Um, and that's, it's kind of one of the unfortunate parts of minor league baseball that you, you may see somebody that has some potential. You see something in them, 
but then they didn't sign for the big bonus. They didn't get drafted it high in the first round, whatever. They're not going to get the same opportunities as that other guy, but yeah. that's just kind of the business. And if Griffin keeps hitting bombs and hitting bombs, he could still be in the minor leagues for a real long time for some oh, absolutely. reason, or other, you know, but he'll, he, he's still going to be looked at as a guy that, okay, well, maybe we can give him a shot. Well, but then again, Ty France was drafted in the 37th round and yeah. didn't sign for a big bonus. And he's now an all-star. You never know. Tony Gwynn. Okay. Uh, so strike three on Sunday, Samuel Zavala, now one of the top prospects in the Padres system, had another big day at the plate with two doubles and his third home run since joining Lake Elsinore. The 17-year-old from Venezuela hit 345, 412, 621 in 10 games in the desert, 35 plate appearances, before being aggressively promoted to low A. So far in 72 plate appearances, he's hitting 267, 389, 517 with eight extra base hits in 17 games. After blasting two home runs on Saturday, Griffin Dershing added two more on Sunday. The 24-year-old from Oklahoma State University now has a ridiculous 370, 514, <laughs> 1.037 slash line in eight games and 37 plate appearances with a storm with six of his 10 hits going over the fence and eight walks against 10 strikeouts. Oklahoma State University, you know who went to who was an Oklahoma Sooner was Brian Bosworth. Oh, okay. That's not a cowboy, right? That's the Sooner. Oklahoma right. State is the Cowboys. Okay. But right. a couple of Oklahoma college guys. Exactly. Maybe, there's, maybe there's more to this connection. Right. If I, ever, if, if I ever have a chance to ask him a question, I got to I gotta ask him if he knows who Brian Bosworth is. I'm sure he does. I, next time I'm up there, I'm going to have to, I'll do that. I'll, I'll no, no, pay, let me pay. do it. I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, so you guys, uh, Simmons of dad is pretty, uh, is pretty active on Twitter and on, on Instagram and his handle is Tiburon. So we got to find out, I got to learn how to say uh, Tiburon Nino, like baby shark for Samuel. Okay. Okay. I got to find, I'll, I'll ask it to work. Like, how do you say baby shark? Like, uh, you know, uh, well, and Samuel, Samuel played for the, the Tiburones. Or at least he was, he was, I, I don't know if he actually played for them or if he, uh, in but Venezuela? in Mexico, he's from, he's from Venezuela. Though. I think maybe, okay. Maybe I'm thinking of his dad. I don't know. Keep going. All right. So moving on. So it's been a real tough week with Fort Wayne. Um, and with David J and Ben Davey there in Fort Wayne, we're going to focus on this one game dispatch. Um, Garrett Hawking started yesterday's game on Sunday and was just tearing it up for the one half inning uh, that it rained and it never got back. So they'll start practice probably. He probably won't even start maybe on Tuesday. I don't know how they're going to do that. But, but there's uh, there's just the one uh, game dispatched from uh, Fort Wayne. Yeah, so from- they they had somebody. They had David J out there. Yeah, um, yeah, David J and Ben Davey are out there, and apparently, like they had the opportunity to get the, like they didn't call, the, for, they didn't make the break for weather early enough, or they didn't get the tarp out soon enough, and that's why they wound up having to call it, because the the infield got so drenched with water, like they waited oh. too long, and it's too late for them to roll the tarp out, like they'd tear it up just walking their feet out across. Right, right, right. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that's rough. So as they have often this year, the Tinkaps rallied late but came up short again on Saturday, dropping a four to three contest to Dayton. Starter Jose Espada cruised through the first three, striking out the side in the first and allowing a pair of walks for the first time through the lineup. The 25-year-old righty who signed with the Padres on July 1 to return to affiliated baseball showed off in an especially live mid-80 slider, getting 19 swinging strikes over five innings of work. 
They spotted Cruz again in the fifth, earning his fifth opportunity to pitch in the sixth for Fort Wayne, but gave up a leadoff homer and a four-pitch walk before giving way. My consideration is where this guy uh, came from, said Brian, uh, manager Brian Esposito. The guy came out of independent and is pitching his butt off for us. You can see him start to tie out in the fifth inning toward the back end. I felt like he's earned the right to go back out and establish himself and be rewarded with a six uh, up the, with that with with that sixth up right there. He's been really good for us. He's posted up and given us a bunch of innings. He's earned the right to go back out in the sixth inning. Thank you. Nick DeWaits gave up a double in the first batter he faced, allowing the next fly ball to plate the third run charged to the spot. So he got he gave up the runs. Tough. After that, the Fort Defiance, Ohio reliever shut down the Dragons offense over three innings of work. The 23-year-old who the Padres drafted out of high school in 2018 struck out three and then and has frequently more than frequently late didn't issue a walk that's that david j right and that screws me up <laughs> <laughs> hey a third grade sentence can screw me up quote um i was able to really fill up the zone tonight and attack those hitters and make them pitch my hit my pitch tonight said the weights the weights worked well off his cutter working with rob marcello and jj they thought it would benefit me to add it back in we've worked on it all year and it's showing up right now it's been a really good pitch for me Josh Mears, who's fouled off multiple pitches in his first two trips to the plate, muscled the first pitch breaking ball down the first baseline and easily turned it into a double by getting out of the box aggressively. I saw a lot of adjustability from him, said Esposito. It's not a one-groove swing. It's a matter of being able to adjust, especially with two strikes or whatever, being able to push a ball the other way to flip out the barrel and be rewarded. It's great to see him put a ball in play to the right side. Yeah, and I think we we kind of mused on this whether that might have been something that they were working on when he was back in the complex. Yeah. Um, you know, rather than just try to pull everything to his power side, yeah, you because know, he's so strong, all he needs to do is barrel something up, and it doesn't matter what part of the park he hits it to, he can hit it out. Yeah. Um, so hearing that he's fouling off pitches and then taking a taking a breaking ball down the first baseline, you little things. Maybe these are some adjustments that they're trying to work with him. Um, to try to you know, so then he doesn't have to start so early because he's trying to pull everything. Right. You can wait just a moment more and maybe that'll help you spit on that breaking ball or lay off something. Um, but then also being willing to go the other way. Now you're not going to roll over that, that pitch on the outside part of the plate. You're, you're okay with taking it the other way. Yeah. Um, okay. Strike two San Antonio. I'm glad this one fell to me. No offense. Well, this is, well strike one, <laughs> but yeah. Strike oh strike one San Antonio okay on Wednesday because I've been looking forward to this one first baseman Brandon Dixon had a month's worth of action in the first few innings Dixon doubled in the first hit a grand slam in the second his fourth straight game with a home run and walked in the third he came up again in the fourth and hit a bases loaded triple he came up again with the bases loaded in the fifth and this time singled to complete the cycle five innings five plate appearances three times coming up with the bases loaded. Dixon gets a cycle and a walk. The missions scored 16 times in the first five innings. The missions finished with 17 hits and 13 walks in the game. As great as the 20 runs were, they also stranded 14. That's just crazy. 34 yeah, base runners in the game. Really bad pitching. 
Uh, one of the reasons Dixon always had people on base was left fielder Tirso Ornelas. Ornelas was batting in front of Dixon, reached base six times in the game. That number matches the number of times he's reached base all of last week. Speaking of runs Wednesday night, Kaiser had scored... Uh, Speaking of having a great week in one night, shortstop Connor Kaiser scored four runs Wednesday night. Kaiser had scored just three runs in his previous 12 games entering Wednesday night. Juan Fernandez gave whole, a whole new meaning to versatile after Webster Rivas was ejected from the game in the second. And I, I want to know what the story is for that. How do you get ejected in a game where you wind up scoring 20 runs? <laughs> Uh, strikes. I guess Fernandez moved from uh, moved from third and strapped on the catcher's gear after six innings of catching and a 10 run lead. They brought in a young guy to catch who turned out to be Allison Quintero and Fernandez trotted out to second base this time. While doing this, he managed to reach base three times and scored two runs and tripled for good measure. One Fernandez is having one of these under the radar. Great yeah. seasons this year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Whatever it takes to get the guy in the lineup, to keep him in the lineup, Philip Wellman is doing it. And that's a great, that's what I love about Welly is, is he, he, you know, he'll get these guys in any way they can. Want to go play second base? Sure. I'll go play second base. It keeps me in the lineup and he's sneaky. You know, he's not one of those, once again, we talk about all the time. We don't cover every top prospect or not everyone we cover as a top prospect, but one of those guys that, that's just getting his name out there, getting his name in the lineup and, and doing damage when he does. The big thing about about this is it was tweeted all over minor league baseball uh, and Twitter. The, this Brandon Dixon day was just insane. Oh yeah, I mean you got to cycle by the fifth inning. It's just it's bananas. <laughs> so Mad Friars, one thing we don't have in our in our write up here. Mad Friars put out an interview with Ripken Reyes that I found really really interesting. And what I I didn't realize that so sometimes guys are still taking college classes while they're going through the season, but it's rare that you hear that somebody's taking a full load. It's especially rare that you hear that somebody's pursuing an uh, uh, an advanced degree. Ripken Reyes, he already has his master's. He's going after his PhD. Uh, but you were talking about Philip Wellman. And so Ripken's played all around the infield. He's played around the outfield. And, and that's one thing he talked about Philip Wellman telling his players, you never know where an opportunity is going to, you know, where an injury is yeah. going to open up an opportunity for you at the major league level. So be ready. You know, so if you're a third baseman and the second baseman gets hurt. Okay. Yeah. Well, I played plenty of second base. I'm comfortable there. I'll go do the job. Yeah, you, you can't just think of yourself as a as a one groove one, one kind of a guy. And there yeah. are all those guys in the game. We just covered two of them about five minutes ago. But the guys that can move around the, the, the diamond, that's where the game's going, where you can play catcher, outfield. The Dodgers do this phenomenally well. And I hate to say that. But, you know, guys like Austin Barnes and, um, and Will Smith, they can play catcher. They can go out in the outfield. They can play second base. It's just the versatility of the game has changed. And even the players will say, like, whatever gets me in the lineup, the more right. tools I have, the more opportunities I have, the more places I can play, the better I can be, be a value to the team. Well, and Brandon Dixon's one of those guys who's playing first base for this game, but yeah. I think he's played every infield position. Um, and just if if you guys have an opportunity to listen to the, to go read that uh, Ripken Reyes interview on Mad Friars, it's um, obviously the Mad Friars guys are very impressed by by him and the Padres organization as well. Uh, but he's got an eye on being a coach or working in the front office or having some right. other role in baseball. It sounds like he has the awareness to know that 
he's not really a prospect. Now he's, he's a minor leaguer. He's got a chance. You got a chip in a chair. Right. You got a chance, but chances are his baseball career is only going to go so far on the field, but he's getting a PhD in, I don't remember exactly what the, what the field was. It, it had to do with like, like psychology, physical, physical education with a, with the, uh, with the emphasis on coaching, I believe similar to that effect. I was going to put it yeah. in, the, in the agenda for this week, but I just, I didn't, I ran out of time. Um, one of the things I remember with Mike McCoy talked, uh, we talked to Mike McCoy several years back when Ripken was there with Robert Hassel and some other guys like, like who's a leader. We were totally expecting Mike to go. Yeah. Well, Robert Hassel's leader. It's like Ripken Reyes guys, a stud. He's yeah. a leader. And it yeah. was his first season in, in, in affiliated ball. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and we'd even we'd hardly even heard his name. I think right. he yeah, he was drafted that same summer. Yeah. And that was the guy that he chose because clearly he's the leader on the field. And so that goes to show that you need of course you need the prospects and you need people to fill out the other positions on the team, but it's not just that. It's the it's the personalities, it's the the mix, the player mix, the the leadership, the insight that the other guys have to help each other. Yeah, and 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 so many only so many guys are gonna make it to major league baseball but the guys that don't go on to find other jobs go other go find other coaching you know they coach in little league high school college in the pros in the minors they carry on the tradition the passion of the game they don't necessarily make the majors but they can be an impact in the overall baseball community by just keeping you know keeping it alive with the passion and on that note i saw today i i don't remember. Uh, John Nolan shared this. So Travis Radke, friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast, is now a firefighter in Arizona. Yeah. So speaking of people becoming professionals in other careers, and that is a very high calling. And there, there's some of the unsung. We talk about heroes, and there are certain fields that people tend to think of. But firefighters risk their life all the time, and and so good for him. Yeah. Just I'm happy for that guy. Yeah, his wife tweeted that out. I uh, saw it on Instagram, and I could have swore it was for someone. I thought it might have been a family member of theirs. We, we only saw Travis Radke with a beard. So when I'm like, that, that is that him? I, I was trying to put a beard on him. He is clean shaven and looks nothing like the Travis Radke that we talked to three years ago. No, um, he's cut, and he looks like a Marine standing up there. Yeah, you know. He may have had a little bit of baseball weight there in the face, but now he looks really smelt. Uh, congratulations to him. Uh, just a just an overall great guy, him and his wife. Uh, but let's move on. We're running out of time. Okay. So, so two. go for it. Thank you. Strike two Thursday. Noel Vela racked up his first Texas win. It was a quintessential look at the Vela experience as he fanned six batters, but was adventurous at times with his command, walking four batters. Vela is one and one with a 6.75 ERA in his first two double A starts. Striking out 10, but walking seven in nine and a third innings. Juan Fernandez collected the only multi-hit evening for San Antonio for San Antonio and is now hitting 279. Fernandez also walked twice, and as the 23-year-old continues to contribute to the missions lineup from third base, first base, DH, and catcher. Uh Noel Vela was named the missions pitcher of the week. Yeah. Uh so that's another example of guys that move up. And it takes time to adjust. You you know, rarely does a guy come up and just dominate. You know, there's not, there's lots to like about Noel, but as you move up, you need to learn how to pitch to the higher level players. For and sure. He will. He's a stud. 
Okay, strike three on Friday for the second straight night. The Missions lost on a walk-off. After carrying a two-to-one lead into the ninth, they were two outs away when the Naturals tied the game with a home run to center, then finished it in the tenth with a two-run shot. The Missions rolled out a lineup that featured four catchers with Juan Fernandez at third base, Jorman Rodriguez at first base, Webster Rivas at catcher, Allison Quintero, one of the members of the 2016 International Signing Class at designated hitter. The makeshift lineup also had Ethan Skender playing in his third career game in right field. He's a shortstop <laughs> third baseman and Rip Correa, Ripken Reyes making his third career start in center. The patchwork crew, which had been the story all the year for the mission, still put themselves in a position to win. Fernandez had a pair of hits to do two walks and is hitting 282, 342, 338 on the year. I No team in the Padres system has been hit <laughs> by all of these trades nearly as much as the San, the San Antonio missions. Yeah. Absolutely. I got a feel for those guys. Philip Wellman, I'm sure he was sitting there after all those trades go go through saying, going, what the heck am I supposed to do now? We have got to, I've got to find a way to talk to him. We've got to have him on the podcast. Uh, we I've reached out before in the past over on Instagram. Um, and he, maybe maybe I'll ask, see if Sam can uh, put in a good word for us. I would love to sit down with that guy and just talk baseball, talk about just what he's learned, what he's known. You know, I mean, he wakes up we're getting more about baseball than anyone will ever learn. I think he's got 36 years uh, in, in the game. Just I see everything. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with well, El Paso. Okay. So we're going to El Paso, but we're talking about broadcasters and we're talking about baseball history. Uh, t- uh, Tim Haggerty, the, yeah. the play-by-play announcer for the, the Chihuahuas, he's going to publish a book about minor league history. It's going to have a whole bunch of stories about minor league. It's coming out next March, um, but we might have an opportunity to talk to him soon. I'm stoked for Tim. I had no yeah. idea. I know he's been kind of a historian. He writes some Sabre articles every once in a while, uh, but I'm stoked that he's coming out with a book. That's awesome. We're going to get him on. Soon as soon as soon as God made green apples, Lady would say. <laughs> okay, let's get you guys home. El Paso, strike one. Wednesday, Ryan Weather steamrolled rolling uh, round rock the first time through the lineup. The lefty retired eight of the first nine batters, only giving up a chopper that found a hole for a single. Get to and the chopper. Get, get to the chopper. In their second time through the order, the Express drew three walks and collected a single and a home run. But the sequencing only yielded one run. When they turned the lineup over again, five of the seven batters who got a third pass reached base, and Weathers yielded three more runs. While he picked up his sixth win of the year, Weathers now has an 8.64 ERA across three starts this month, and the opponents are hitting at 326 against him in a disappointing season. He It's just trending more and more that he's going to be a bullpen guy, and that is not bad. Sure, he's a top prospect. Sure, they really want him to be a starter, and there's still plenty of time for him to figure it out. But if he makes it to the major leagues as a as a as a bullpen guy, you know, throwing some high leverage uh, innings, hell, that's a you know, that's whatever gets you to the big leagues. And I think he'll say the same thing for sure. Luis Camposano hit two uh, hit a two run homer in the first inning. The blast was his twelfth of the year and his fourth home run of August, the most he has hit in any month since August 2021. Left fielder Taylor Colway got halfway through the cycle, picking up a double and a triple with a 322, 415, 492 slash line this season. Colway has done everything the team could ask at AAA. 
Strike two on Thursday. We know all the jokes about the PCL and how it approximates to pitching on the moon. So give Matt Waldron the credit that's due for earning a second AAA win in a two to one ball game. Waldron lowered his ERA to 8.01 as the knuckleballer had some struggles adapting to the highest level of the minors. Jose Castillo faced seven batters and struck out six of them to earn his first save since he was last a Chihuahua back in 2018. Castillo is now three and one with a 2.10 ERA in 34 and a third innings in El Paso, striking out 45 and walking 13. What's it going to take to get him to the majors? You know, once again, it's a highly competitive team right now, and you don't want to screw with anyone's, you know, you have to wait for an injury. Yep. Yeah. And you're going to have to wait for an injury, and you hate to say that, but that's the only way to do it. You don't want to screw with these guys' confidences by bringing them down. Um, just to get a guy that's doing well up. Right. Know? And it, meanwhile, you got Drew Pomeranz rehabbing. He's probably going to hop back on the major league roster soon. Right. So it's a bit of a crunch. So let's finish this out. And this is the coolest thing. We should have had this start really the whole podcast. But strike three on Sunday, Eddie Rosario hit his 20th home run of the season and becomes the first player in team history to record a 2020 season and a 2020 season. His over overall offensive production is about 18% above league average but he's also leading the PCL with 19 errors. He's been at his best defensively at third base. So there you see some of the reasons why that we haven't seen about Eggy Rosario. You see the numbers, you watch the highlights, you see the stat line, but then there's the 19 errors. And then overall, the splits don't really run out where he's, you know, he's incredible at Southwest uh, University Park, but away from there, it's just, an, you know, he's just not producing. Right. So is that like something about the routine, the preparation? Yeah. Maybe on the road, it's just something isn't clicking. Um, so you said a 2020, 20 season, the other 20 is doubles. He has 31 doubles on the season as of today. Absolutely. And you know, he's still 23 years old in triple a. Oh yeah. He's, he's playing well, he's playing over his head a little bit. As far as age goes, he realistically should be in double a this year. Right. So he's still, he's, he's having a good year. He's going through some adjustments and growing up and, and all of that. Can you say he's getting some satisfaction? I hope so. (laughs) All right, guys, I'm going to try to watch a lot more minor league baseball. I didn't watch hardly any last week. Uh, Just, it was just a tough week for me. And the Padres were just wanting me to tear my hair out. Uh, Um, I hope to watch a lot more, have a lot better uh, agenda for you next week. And uh, you can reach me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I'm at Zippy underscore TMS. Let's go, go Padres. Padres. Get us some satisfaction. No, no, no.